podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, this is Emil Heskey, and you're listening to the guys of Coppen Crackers. Hello, hello, and welcome back to a brand new episode of Cop and Fracker. It's me here, Harold, joined by a few, a few quite lovely men. Uh, my I had pause in there because Fahi, I know you're listening. Uh, Mike, Peter, and Ellis all joined me today after at at nine fifty six, right after Liverpool have just beaten Norwich by three goals to nil in the League Cup. Uh, let me just quickly say hello to everyone, and I'll get into the, get into the, the the usual housekeeping. Mike, how are you, mate? Yeah, not too bad. H, how are you? Yeah, not bad either. Not bad. Thank you very much. My my throat's still hurt over the weekend, but oh, bro. Oh, just about re- <laughs> oh yeah, oh my days. <laughs> just about recovered oh, from all the screaming, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for specifying what we're talking about. Uh, Ellis, how are you, my guy? How are you? <laughs> oh, I'm good, fam. I'm good, bro. Okay, good to hear. Good to hear. Good to hear. <laughs> you are a child. I'm putting you on mute. Uh, Peter, how you doing, my guy? How are you? Yeah, I'm good, man. I'm good. The man them are just laughing at me because I was I was eating my dinner. I was rushing to eat my dinner after the game because I couldn't eat my my dinner during the game. But hey, I know I'm not the only fan that does that, man. I know there's some fans out you there are. that you are. You that, are. You that's eat the dinner after are, the game bro. before the game, bro. Bro, I had rice and stew during the game. Why were you nervous <laughs> during the game? Why couldn't you eat your food bro. during the game, bro? It's not me, it's my body. It's not me, bro. This guy. It's Norwich, bro, not the Champions League final. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like if this if there's ever a game, yeah, that 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 we should be the least worried about, it'd be Norwich in the third round of the League Cup with our like barely I can't even say our second string side. It's almost like our third. Like we like it was like, bro, come on. Anyway, anyway. Ox was stressing me. Like, that's the Asian blame. Nah, man. Ox, you know. He was like, oh, the right hand side. The right hand side. Oh, my God. Oh, fam, come on, man. Chill, man. They got the right hand side. Oh, my God. The right hand side. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Order, order, order. All right, okay. So, as you can hear, yeah, I'm joined by these three gentlemen. Having a whale of a time. As as Peter eats away at his pizza, I think that's what he's having. Um, before we get going, I mean, I'm, I'm, we'll touch on the Crystal Palace game as well, of course, on the weekend, as well as the game that just that just happened, um, Norwich in the League Cup. Before that, uh, if you're not already signed up to our Patreon, because you might find that listen to us right now is just not enough. You just you'd like a bit more. You like some post match, like some weekend previews. You'd like a bit of any effing business, anything else. Um, you'd like some you'd like some more content from us. Please sign up to our Patreon. Um, our tiers start from as little as three pound a month. Um, so that's probably how much a, a Freddo bar costs these days. So that's all you're giving away every single month. 
Um, I'm signed up, I, even though I'm on the, on the Patreon myself. But yeah, get signed up and you get loads more exclusive content. Get in touch with us. Follow us on all our socials. Instagram, Copy and Fracker. Twitter, Copy and Fracker. LinkedIn, Pixel, Bebo, MySpace, everything at Copy and Fracker. Um, yeah, now that's out of the way, guys. Let's get straight into the business. All right, cool. So obviously, like I just said, we have this played Norwich and we have this one by three goals to nil. But I will come to that a little bit later. I want to send a little bit, save a little bit more of a segment to the, the more important game, which happened on the weekend against Crystal Palace. Um, we saw a team, we saw our, our, our beloved Redmen in their fifth game of the Premier League season go into it without Robertson and Trent. If which please correct me if I'm incorrect, which is the first time this happened since 2017, 2016 at Anfield. Um, so I mean, I know I was a bit like, oh, I'm not too sure. I'm um, seeing Milner up against Zaha, who looked like he was just finding his form again after um, a good, a good, uh, a good showing against Spurs. I was, I wasn't, I wasn't, the, I wasn't mostly. Um, I, I wasn't filled with security, let's say. I, I know how I felt, but I, w- I want to pass it on to you guys. What were your thoughts on the initial lineup? I'll start with you, um, Ellis. Um, yeah, I was the same as you. I liked everything other than, uh, yeah, Milner right back against Zaha. I was a bit worried. I know he got sent off a couple of seasons ago against Zaha as well. Yeah. Um, Zaha is quicker than him. Probably more physical than him, probably more stronger than him. Zaha's a bag of tricks when he gets going. Um, so I was a bit, I was a bit worried about that. But other than that, who else do we? There was not many surprises within the team. Uh, midfield was Thiago Hendo, no Thiago Fabian Hendo. If I, yeah, so yeah, I was I was really comfortable with that. The only thing that kind of threw me off was the Milner at right back. Um, but we got into the game, obviously they started very, very quickly, which was even from that right-hand side or from their left-hand side, our right-hand side. So um, it kind of like set precedent to what I thought, I thought it was set precedent to what we're going to have today is going to be a bit more sketchy and a bit more edgy. But we we, can't, we controlled it. Obviously the midfield that we had, we expected a bit of control in there and, and we kind of bossed Palace about a little bit, especially in the first first 35 minutes um as the game grew on defensively i think Muna, Muna was very astute we used a lot of experience in handling zaha we've done very well um stopping the ball getting into zaha i think that's the best but that's the best form of defense obviously you can go one on one with him but stopping stopping uh palace getting the ball to him is 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 where you're going to get more, more joy so I think Milner kind of benefited from that, and also he also benefited on Liverpool being on the front foot a lot, because when you when Zaha has to play, um, he has to do more defending than attacking. Obviously, he's always good, and when Palace had to do more defending, attacking it was always good. So that kind of threw me off. But yeah, I think we controlled it. We controlled it well. Do you feel like the game was 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 in our control? Do you feel like do you feel like we didn't? Come in, in pressure or nah, in, in bits, in bits at like for 10 minutes, we'll be in control, like deadly in control. We'll boss it. Then um Palace had I think what I say towards the end, but from like 30 minutes, Palace started to to get into the game. Um they were going direct, but not like Sam Allardyce direct, as in they'll probably try to hit the hit the channels and 
from when they hit the channels, they look for drag backs or they would um try and cross it into the box. Uh, I thought Palace, I thought Palace looked good. They looked better than what I've seen them from a little while. You know what I'm saying? I thought I thought they looked better against us than they did against Tottenham. To be quite honest. Oh really? Okay. Yeah, I thought I thought yeah I thought they looked really good. Um, I just think the difference was just the quality of Allison and then, and our defense and the quality of our attack. That was the that was the big difference between everything. So um, we controlled it in bits, in bits. But I think we, we controlled the lion's share of the game. Palace had a few ten, few five ten minute spells here and there. Cool. Thanks, Els. Uh, Pete, I'll come to you. I'll ask you about this. Klopp described um, the result, the 3-0 win against Palace, as one of the toughest 3-0s or one of the most hardest 3-0s that he's he's managed. What did you think about that? Do you agree? Yeah, um, I I agree with Klopp. I think these days, I think managers, especially him and Pep, they have this, like, tendency to kind of, like, hype up these, like, small teams, you know, like, after they beat them, but no, he was actually he was, he was actually he was actually talking back to this one. Um like in just in terms of I don't yeah, like um Ellis said, he wasn't in control for the whole game as such. He was in control in spells. And um Palace did have some really, really good chances. Obviously, um Allison tipped it onto the post after Zaha got a touch on it. You know what I'm saying? That 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 could have easily went in. You also have Ed, Edward probably should have took his chance. He has a really bad touch and then Allison recovers. But like, you know what I'm saying? He was left alone in, inside the inside the box, you know what I'm saying? So um I think, yeah, so kind of we we obviously done well to kind of um negate their threat. So they were trying to switch it to left to Zaha's side as soon as possible and then attack us that way. But obviously we stopped that. We stopped that quite well. Um but yeah, and to be honest, their centre back, so Gwehi and Anderson, really good centre backs, like really strong, um, good physically, can't for one v one. Um, so in open play, really, we didn't cut them open too much. You know what I'm saying? So we really didn't have much, much clear cut chances. They were just getting blocks, last ditch tackles, clearing everything out of their box. They look quite good defensively. Um, so the, the way we scored, I think we've done this quite a lot in 1819. We just take a bunch of our set pieces. So we couldn't score through general play. So we scored from three set pieces. Three set pieces. So yeah, it was quite a hard fought win. Yeah, I I definitely share that sentiment as well. I'm always I always really appreciate games where we win by the, by a set piece. It just reminds me of just old school football. It's one of the basics you learn you learn from. Like no matter how good your team are, there'll be games like this where we struggle to create because there is a competent defense in front of us. And when and when you know you can get the advantage from set pieces, it just just puts way more weapons in your arsenal. I think you just think of it as like almost. Almost like um, I forget the name of it, but almost like uh, oh, that's it. Almost like a Swiss Army knife. It's got different types of tools. And last season, I feel like we were very, were very samey. But I, I, and that's something, and I like that you touched on eighteen nineteen, particularly in that that home stretch. We got a lot of game openers from corners um, and set pieces in general. And yeah, yeah, it was yeah. It's it's, it's always good to see that. Speaking of that um, that backline because it is our backline that did cause a lot of confusion around those goals and the set pieces, Mike. What did you make of um, Ibrahim Konate making his debut for us? Yeah, I thought he had a good game. So obviously we were at the game and at the start of the game, like that first 10 minutes, it was just ropey all around for everyone, right? So like it wasn't a great, it wasn't a good opening 10 minutes and I don't think he played that well in that opening 10 minutes, but he grew into the game and then puts in a really good performance. And you can see what he's going to offer the side. He's really good on the ball. 
He's really composed, really calm. He's he's fantastic in the air. And yeah, it's a really good, good, really good debut. And I think the Edouard chance at the end is one probably Palace's best chance. Edouard's bad touch doesn't mean that the chance gets missed, but also Canate recovers really well. I think his starting position is a bit poor, but he recovers really well and gets the foot onto the ball. And you can just kind of see the recovery pace that he has. So yeah, an all-round really good performance. And actually, we're in a position now where <clears throat> we have, you know, five centre-backs I'd be happy to see start. You know, Phillips less so than the other four, but we have Van Dijk, we have Masip, we have Gomez, and we have Konate. And virtually literally any combination of those four in a really big game, you'd feel fairly comfortable with. So we're in a good place compared to last season. Obviously, we know how important our centre-backs are when it comes to kind of stability of the side and it comes to build-up play and all these other things. And also set pieces, as we discussed before. So, yeah, Konate, I think he's going to be a really big player for us this season. Awesome. Um, I'm going to stick with you there because I was reading... Uh... I'm reading. I don't normally do this, but it popped up on my phone, and I I did see um, a Sky Sports uh, illustration that showed that Mohamed Salah was top of the of the the power rankings. I think they call it, and he was he was top by by quite some distance. I I, I don't know the the point system they use, but I don't care. Um, I, I think it I think it pre, I think it describes pretty accurately just how well he is he, he's doing in comparison to his his other peers in the Premier League. And as you mentioned earlier, we. We were waxing lyrical about just just how good he is and whether his peak was better than Suarez is under us, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I say all of that to say this to you, Mike: just how good is Mohamed Salah? I think he's he's the best player in the Premier League right now. One of the best footballers in the world. So, literally, the only two footballers in the world I think are ahead of him in terms of kind of form and just general like level. Or probably Messi and Lewandowski. I think those are the only two you can have you can have ahead of him at the moment. I think the level he's operating at now. Is the highest level he's ever operated at now. It's kind of it's, it's just so many things about his game are just impeccable. Like the kind of the, even the work rate. I think we see a few times on Saturday he's kind of tracking back and he's and he's helping out with Mil- with Milner and he's uh, with, with Zaha and it's just everything about his game. Even his touch. The times when Allison's pinging the ball out to him, he's killing it dead first time and he's driving on. And I was saying to you at the game, like with Salah, because we know that he wants to cut inside and and he, and he wants to kind of you know come to his left foot. At times, fullbacks can get his number and they can actually, you know, they can win the duel against Salah or, you know, they can win a few tackles and have a decent game against Salah. Like, I think Mitchell can come off the pitch on, on Saturday and think, I've had a decent game here. Like, listen, he's got the better of me sometimes, but I've had a decent game. And yet, Mo Salah has still scored. Mo Salah still had a really good game himself. Mo Salah has still been the kind of defining force of the game from an attacking point of view for Liverpool. So, he's just so relentless. And I honestly think that, like, We've had some great forwards in our time. Like we we watched Torres, we watched, you know, Suarez, Sturridge, all of these amazing forwards. Michael Owen, Fowler for the uncles out there. Um, but I think we haven't seen anyone like Mo Salah like in the last sort of twenty twenty five years. The level he's operating at is just outstanding. And like, I think we look at the Premier League and like how different players define different eras of the Premier League. So you think about Henri in the mid nineties, a time when all of us were growing up watching football, and you look at kind of the latter period with Eden Hazard and Kevin De Bruyne. But I think it's kind of, ever since Salah's joined the league, he's been the kind of defining force. And I think we're now seeing him operate at levels just like out of this world. Yeah, he is sensational. I think I think you put it there very, very well. Um, the biggest plaud that I can give him is just he's consistently, to be consistently great. And I think one of the few criticisms we have of Mohamed Salah, <clears throat> excuse me, particularly in recent years, is that you can always leave a game and think, oh, Perhaps he should have done this. He should have done that. Should have done that. This season, I think he has done. I don't think he's. I don't think he's missed a trick. If, if, if anything, he's probably been a bit too selfless, which is crazy because this is the same guy who gets criticised for being too selfish. Um, 
I'm loving this Mohamed Salah that, that that we're seeing. I think he's absolutely sensational. Um, but 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 from our right winger to our right back that you did, of course, mention. And I have we have said this a few times, and I I, I don't care. I'm going to continue to be shameless about about um being at the game. But when you were at, being at the game, right? Perhaps it's just a seat that we have. I don't know. Please, Ellis, please correct me if otherwise. We Mike and I were watching uh, James Milner, and we were just thinking, how has this guy not been booked? Number one. Number two, he doesn't look like he's he's um he's on the ball. Number three, he's not like he's having the best of games. And then lo and behold, we get home to match the day, and they're saying, oh, number one in terms of ground covered, number one in terms of 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 this and that. And I'm just there like, did we watch the same game? I was so confused. But Ellis, please share some line. Please share some line on it. Just how how, how did how was how was James Milner on the, on, on the weekend? Because clearly, I don't know. Yeah. <clears throat> I thought it was okay. I thought it was all right. You know what I'm saying? Um, like I said, I thought Liverpool done very well in in not allowing Palace to work the ball out to to Zaha in a one on one position. Um, I thought he was diligent in defence. He was very astute in his defending. He used the ball. He used the ball well at times. But yeah, I wasn't. Yeah, I, I wasn't for that. Like, oh my gosh, he was that man of the match. He was so sick. I, I thought he was just okay and he just done a job for us um like i said we just had better quality in both ends of the of the um of the field that's why we was above palace but again yeah i saw the graphic as well but i didn't really take too much heat to it if you know what i'm saying but we there know was, there that- wasn't anything there wasn't anything there that was too too to do too much to do with his skill. Do you know what nah, I mean? It was, exactly. always, it was always like it was all physical. I was a bit like, is he is he eight hundred meter runner? Like, what is this? Yeah, yeah. I see. You know I'm saying that was my next point because we know he's a he's a good athlete. You know what I'm saying, he yeah, does well absolutely. In the bleep test and he does well in that lactic test that they do. Like, he looks only like drinks different. Ribena, yeah, this and that, but, this and that. Like, he only drinks water. Ribena oh, only. <laughs> yeah, we know all of that. Physically, you know, he's, he's very good. It's just that, you know, when when you obviously I'm not at that age yet, but when you get to that age and you're playing football or whatever, there's certain things your mind tells your mind wants to do, but your body can't do it. Do you know what I'm saying? And that's what we usually tend to see with, with Milner. But again, yeah, physically he's he's elite. He's an elite athlete for his age. Yeah, I don't, I can't. Apart from probably Ronaldo, there's no one that's up there in terms of like the physical element. But in the, in the football thing, I don't think he done anything like mad spectacular to warrant crazy plays. But he done he held up um, Zaha well enough. Yeah, yeah. Bro, he did. yeah bro, I'll look at the stats now. He, so he's first in touches, first in passes, and first in passes in the opposition opposition half. So that it just okay. shows that yeah, it's just crazy that obviously to us, to the eye, it's not looking like he's doing much. But like I think when you're I think when you're watching on TV. You can kind of see, okay, he's making like a smart foul here, so everyone can stop and reset. Whereas maybe if you're watching it live, it's like, oh, he just gave away that foul. Like, what's he doing? But like, you know, I mean? you can because you can see the whole pitch. It's like, okay, like you can see what he's doing here. He was obviously he was getting on the ball a lot because naturally we go to our right hand side because that's where Trent we used to Trent be in. But the only thing is that obviously he wasn't given the same quality as a Trent would do in those situations. But he was still getting on the ball, helping with build up. Stuff, stuff, blah blah blah. So yeah, he had a, he had a good performance. I think people were just expecting Zaha to rip him, but he didn't rip him. So they were kind of over hyping the performance in that in that sense. Fair enough. Okay, when you put that out, it does make a lot of sense. 
Um, and once again, back back to the other end. I, I do want to talk about this. Is I didn't actually put this on the agenda, so apologies. So I'm so I might be throwing you. Um, I might be throwing you on, on, under the bus here, Pete. But I'm I'm sure you're capable of answering. Um, Mike and I were talking about Diogo Jota and um, in the in the build up to the game and and during it actually for the first say ten minutes and saying that he's getting a bit better with his link up here, Pete. And I was like, I was getting more encouraged. Um, however, as the game went on, I saw him fade away from the game. Is that something that worries you um, in terms of the way Diogo Jota plays? Is the fact that he can be so out of it at times? And when he's not scoring, perhaps you you think he's not doing a lot? Um, does it worry? No, it doesn't really worry me because that's kind of what I expect from him. In my head, I've got him down as like a shooter, like someone who wants to get in the box, he wants to get goals and kind of, um, just be a threat in terms of um, getting goal involvement, you know what I'm saying? So I think, like, outside of the box, I don't really expect much from him. I do think he's improving, but I think when we play him, we have to find another way to build up. So what I noticed was that Thiago was coming to the ball, like, a lot, like, getting on the ball a lot more. He was coming, being more central next to Fabinho, picking up, getting it from the centre-backs, being involved in build-up, where naturally we would have Firmino who comes deeper to get a ball, be on the ball, you know what I'm saying, thread it, give it out wide, stuff like that. But he was, obviously, it was Jota instead. So, yeah, I think we just have to find different ways of building up. If if Trent's not playing, then you go through Thiago a lot more. So, um, not 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 really. I think what what is worrying me is that the miss, the miss that he did have. So, um, when Thiago had the head down, then he just blasted that wide. Like, obviously, you'd expect him to kind of get scored at, you know what I'm saying? So, hopefully, he can find his score and touch, but... The stuff outside the box, as long as he keeps improving, not, not worrying me too much. I just want him to get back on the goal sheet as soon as possible. Cool. Fair enough. Do you feel like, going back to the Palace game in particular, do you feel like in a game where we don't have Trent and we don't have Firmino, that is a key reason as to why? And, and Robbo as well, of course, Robbo. Um, do you feel like it, it? there's a little bit too much impetus on just Thiago to be the creating drive in, in, our, in our team? Yeah, yeah, you, Peter. <laughs> yeah, I just like the Drewski meme, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I realised. You're like, who, me? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think that, that's probably a big reason why we couldn't score in, in, in open play, you know what I'm saying? Because we're missing two of our biggest creators, Trent and Robertson, who have got countless assists over the years. So, again, finding a way to break down a team without our main um, orchestrators, playmakers, would you say, was, yeah, def definitely... Um, that was probably a bit too much onus on, on Thiago. I, I, I agree with you. Fair enough. Okay, cool. Well, I I go from that and I go to um, our other side of of um, defence because even though we, I am speaking in this way um, about our attack, we have scored twelve goals in 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 the league, which is a joint which is joint second most um, alongside Chelsea, who have mirrored our results. And we have also had six different scorers um, play along at home, if you can name who those six different scorers are so far in the Premier League this season. Um, but going to the other end, defensively, I, I ask, I, I'll, I'll ask you this, Mike. Um, we have, out of the five games we've played, we've had four clean sheets. And the one goal we've conceded was a very well-worked goal by Chelsea from a corner by Kai Havertz. We've we've just with with that with that record the four the four clean sheets and just the one goal conceded. Do you think that flatters us a little bit, or do you do you feel like that sounds about right? I think it sounds about right when you consider when you go through the games we've played. I don't think teams are creating like a plethora of, of big big chances in every game. Maybe you know, like teams will have one or two kind of 
what they would see as see as big chances against Liverpool, right? So I think against Palace they have the one early on where they where Allison tips, tips onto the post. I mean they have the Edward one at the end, but apart from that, there's nothing really clear cut they create. Leeds create a, a good opening with Rodrigo, I think it is, but apart from that, there's not really anything else they create. So yeah, I don't think it flashes us really. I don't think we create we're conceding many, many high quality chances. And when we do concede, we have Allison there to kind of Took us off. I think I read a stat somewhere. He's, he's saved seven of his one on ones this season, which is incredible. Um, like all seven one on ones he's faced, he's saved. So, yeah, I think we are in position now where I think the, the very best versions of Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool teams, they didn't concede high quality chances. I'm thinking about the 1819 version, I'm thinking about the 1920 team, and also they were quite ruthless when it came to going forward. So, I think now we're in a position with Liverpool where when they go one nil up, and some of the people say about Chelsea right now, right? When Chelsea go one nil up, you expect them to win, but. When Liverpool go one up, I expect them to win. I expect Liverpool to see the game out because defensively we're so strong and we have the kind of presence of a dyke there when he plays or Matip and, and Alisson in goal. So, yeah, I'm, I think defensively, obviously, we, we expected an improvement when Van Dijk and the others came back and we've seen that. Cool. Uh, Peter, I saw you nod. Yeah, I, I, I disagree. I disagree. Um, okay, I think, um, like... I think we could, you should have conceded more. That stat that you just read, Mike, about Alisson saving seven one on ones, does that not show that we, we should? But have bro, but more? not not all not all high quality chances is is the point, though. Yeah, not, okay. all, not all seven one on ones are high quality chances. Yeah, okay, I understand that, but um, so yeah, no. What also I was thinking about chances that conceded. So I would say Norwich late in the game. Fair enough, we had already got the game wrapped, but they should have scored at least one. They had like two. One on ones. I think Alisson made a double save late on against Norwich, and then Chelsea. The is it? Is either Mount or Havertz? He cuts it back. No, someone no. cuts it back to Mount. He's, he's got to score that again. Um, so and obviously the the Leeds game. I don't think we should have conceded that game. And then the Crystal Palace game, as you said, no chances. So and then obviously I think Ellis gave a good stat in the chat about how our expected goals conceded should have been five instead of one. So kind of what I'm saying is that like. We have been good defensively. Like, don't get me wrong, we've improved since last year. But I would say I don't think it's sustainable at the rate we're going now to, um, you know, what I'm saying not not continue. I feel like people are not taking their chances, and Allison is saving a lot of um, or chances. You know, what I'm saying so. I don't think it's sustainable at this rate. I think we will concede a little bit more, but our defense is nothing to worry about. We're still playing well, and we're not conceding chances is normal. You know, what I'm saying so. But I would say it will probably will concede a little bit more. I would I would expect so anyway. I'm I'm leaning more towards you in your your later points there, Peter, because I think because I, I do think we'll I do I don't think we we can keep up this record playing the way we are because and the best example I can give this is for everyone just to watch Man City a little bit. Um, how they play is like this. This like they know that they they're going to be in control of the game for majority of the time, but they also have a high quality goalkeeper just like us, to where they know they're going to come under like some really good opportunities. But your goalkeeper is going to be that good; he's going to bail you out of it more times than not. Not, and that's why you go out and you fork out however much we did on a goalkeeper like Alison Becker. So it does it. I I I I I do completely appreciate your your point there, Peter. Um. But I, I, yeah, like you say, just I think it's just because of the way we play, isn't it? Is like even in eighteen nineteen, if you actually do think back, it wasn't it wasn't that we were um, weren't conceding chances also, but we, we just had we once again had a very good goalkeeper and certain chances that opposition they would get a, a chance maybe one time in ninety minutes and they'd be like, oh, this is my only chance to score and they fluff their lines, you know. So 
I like, but I, I do fully appreciate what you're saying. Like, I, I definitely get both sides of. Yeah, of just, just, just to add to my point as well, I do think that listen, we, the listen, the expected goals point is a good one, but I think the very best sides do kind of they have a goalkeeper that means that they outperform those kind of expected goals. So like, you wouldn't concede as many goals you're expected to concede because you kind of have high quality, a really good goalkeeper. So, yeah, I think. Alison, it's the reason we bought Alison right to kind of save our bacon whenever we do concede a high quality chance, and and and, and he's doing that so far. But yeah, I, I do say Peter's point that might not be sustainable, but yeah, definitely nothing to worry about defensively. Yeah, agreed, agreed on that front. But it's it's good to see us firing on both sides, to be honest. Well, not not let not letting others fire on on in, in our defensive wise. Um, but yeah, sounds good. I do want to have one more. I do have one more point just about the Palace game. Um, for as much as it was a hard fought three 0 it was a pretty convincing and complete performance if you ask me it was it was it was plain sailing if you look at it just based on scoreline um but there was something that there was a little bit of a, a bump in the road and that bump in the road was Thiago's calf injury Ellis he's out he, he's reported to be out for a couple of game weeks or a couple of weeks do you, what do you think about that? Is that is that something that we should be worried about or or no um well we knew it we just knew him Ox Nabi we knew that these are midfielders that we have to um at one point during the season they're gonna get injury. Um Thiago is someone that gets frequent injuries. It looked a bit innocuous. I thought it was a jarred knee at first because of the way he came down, but they said it was calf. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so I'm not worried at the minute because they said it's just like obviously he won't be ready for this week. If it's like two weeks then so far as he comes back for the Man City game, I'm good with that. Um I still believe that we've got enough to carry us. We've got enough to carry us there, but hopefully we don't need any more. But again, like I said, man, we know you know what we're gonna get with uh, Thiago. He's gonna get injured here and there, isn't it? So hopefully he's not too long. Yeah, hopefully it actually is two weeks because I I just don't know anymore. Actually, I've got a bit of PTSD regarding uh, LFC injuries and and the timelines they give us. Um, hopefully it is two weeks because I, I do want to see him um put a bit of a put put uh, a bit of an anchor down in terms of his place in our midfield because I do think he should be a st- he should be starting in our midfield and um, and he was bought to, to be starting a 20 buying a 29 year old for 30 million in his last year of his contract like you're you're starting him um so yeah, hopefully he comes back quite soon but moving on from Saturday on to tonight um I feel like things are just a bit too... wait, wait 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 Harold sorry yeah. sorry Kate's celebration Oh my gosh! Oh, sorry. sorry. How could you forget that? Bro? How dare I? How dare? I? In fact, in fact, how dare I even even? You know what? Because because you guys kept saying three set pieces, I was like, ah, oh, it's a three scrappy goal. I remembered. Wait a sec. Kate has got a ridiculous volley. Go on, Peter. Go on. Talk to me about that goal. Talk to me about Navi K. Any celebration like Eric Cantona? Well, so yeah, so corner, and then it comes in in the box. Someone. And I think the goalkeeper might have punched it out and then, or someone headed it out. And it comes to Naby Keita on his weaker foot, left side, on his left, obviously his right foot, he comes on his left side, outside the box, smacks it, goes in the corner of the net. And this guy, <laughs> this guy, he just turns around like, wait, what? <laughs> What's the, what, what? Like, obviously everyone's reacting like, everyone's like, whoa. And Keita just turns around like, what's the problem? Like, this is normal for me. <laughs> like, this is too Can normal. I- like he's, he's Can I give like, a perspective? It's not normal, bro. What you just done is a mad thing, but yeah, he's just celebrating like, yeah, this is normal. This is this is minor. Yeah, bro. Can I give a perspective of, of being in the ground to watch that goal? Because, like, 
we all reacted like, oh my gosh, what a goal. But we also, I turned to Howard like, wait, is that, has that goal been allowed? He just stood there. And then obviously when his teammates come celebrate him, you eventually know, yeah, it's, it's a goal. But it was yeah. just such a mad celebration. Honestly, we thought a goal was just allowed. Everyone just stood around confused. Even when Kanate came up to him, he was a bit like, what the heck? <laughs> like, what, what was that? Oh yeah, it was yeah, fantastic goal. It's it's um it's great to see, uh, for Naby him being the last the, the sixth scorer of our of incredible that we scored twelve goals and six of them have been by different score. I think we, we I'm not getting ahead of myself here, but our midfielders please keep please keep chip, chipping in with goals here and there. It makes it makes this title run interesting, easier, isn't it, Harold? Yeah, <laughs> it's great, isn't it? It's a great feeling. Yeah. Go on, Mike. Sorry. It is. Now I'm still, I just want to make a point about set pieces because I, I do think. Why <laughs> <laughs> is he laughing like a maniac? <laughs> Ellis is such a oh, this guy. <laughs> this guy. Now I, I wanted to make a point about set pieces. Ellis is throwing me off, <laughs> throwing me off. But I think we scored three goals in set pieces. But the thing the important thing to note is it's not like the kind of first contact with the set piece, if you like. So with a Mane goal, it's Salah heads the ball, it gets saved, and it's the second ball. And I think all of our goals this season have come from set pieces. So he's scored five so far this season already, which is like remarkable. Five in five games is pretty good. He scored 16 since, since the start of last season. The last one we scored like in recent months has been from like directly the first contact from a, a header from a corner. It's been the Allison one, the obviously iconic Allison goal. Ooh. The rest of them are second balls. So it's like, you know, the Salah one against Norwich, the Cater one, obviously, you know, yeah. Mane's one. And actually, I think that might be something that we're working on where we're trying to create chaos with with with, with Van Dijk and with Matip and Konate and with all of our big lads, and we hopefully get the second ball. So I think Fabinho gets the second ball against Leeds, and yeah, I think there's another way we can score from set pieces: being more alert to the second balls and then kind of sweeping up and scoring goals. Yeah. It's very interesting yeah, you say that because go on, go on Ellis, sorry. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I was just going to say yeah, I think we're really working on that because even for that Salah goal, you can see them actively peeling away. From from everyone, and you can see him actively looking and, and anticipating. Even for the um the uh, Mane goal, like you said, um, like he's actively on his toes, waiting for that header to waiting for that ball to come in. So yeah, even again for the the what's it called the Jotamis, it was the same thing. We had a player waiting for that second second ball. Obviously, Jota missed it, but then it was at the third man run and and the wide attacker just waiting to come in. So it is something that we're working working on, and it's good to see, man. Yeah, and I have and I have heard Klopp mention it quite a few times um, in interviews as well. And you can clock it because if you look at all our corners, I was saying to Mike, I was saying to Mike on the weekend, they're always out swinging, always out swinging. No matter how bad the previous ten corners are, out swinging. I promise you, another player of the exact same foot will come take the same corner again. It will always be outswinging, and you can tell with outswinging corners, it's always going to be, it's always going to be that, it's always going to be that opportunity for that second ball because you never, you never truly just get rid of it, particularly when we have guys like Matip and Van Dijk around. Um, so it is, it is, it is very intriguing. We never just lump it in there and just hang it up. Actually, no, that that ain't true. That ain't true. We have done that against like a Pickford. We have done that. I tell a lie. We have this in, we have this um in in swing or in swung it and just and just left it up there. But yeah, yeah, um that that that, that is a very good point that you're making because that actually is sustainable. We can keep scoring from set pieces, and that's something that we should capitalize on. Um, but yeah, is that is that is that everything, Peter? I'm I'm allowed to move on to the palace game. Yeah, all good. Thank you, mate. 
All right, cool. So after a uh, after a routine win um, on the weekend in the Premier League, we do come into the League Cup to make our very first appearance in this in this competition. Um, with a much changed side, we had uh, senior debuts to to uh, about to say Connor Gordon to to Cade Gordon and and, and Connor Bradley. Um, but one starting, I, I say right, I say in the wing, right wing um, for 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 Gordon and right back for Bradley. Um, Nat Phillips probably un- probably a little bit unlucky to miss out there, but Ellis, I'll I'll come to you first. How do you think um, those those th- that, that young duo did in their in their very first first team appearance for the Reds? Um, I thought they'd done okay. I thought they'd done okay. Um, Connor Bradley started well, then he made a a, a very naive foul. Obviously, in in men's game, you're not going to get away with them kind of things there. Um, but he he was okay. Had a few good passes into the final third. It, it was it was tough for him. My my thing with like our right backs, we always get like, them man are never strong, fam. Just like some <laughs> like, skinny bro. No, always PMP, skinny. Bro. No, PM, no, none PM. of them. Ellis, take them to the gym with you, then, bro. I, bro. I might have to like write a little letter. Get them on the pound jam and the gusty plan. Quickly, fam. They're always solid technically, but they have no like no strength. So, but, um, but they, yeah, Connor, Connor Bradley done okay. He, he was all right. He will learn from his mistakes that he's made. Um, I think he made, he gave away the penalty. Then a few minutes later, he stood up the left winger very well. He didn't really dive in. It was, it was a good challenge on the edge of the box. Yeah. So I was kind of happy with that. He, he learned from that. Um, Cade Gordon is very exciting. He looks exciting. He was always looking to come in. Um, at one point, he was the centre back for Gibson. Gibson was a bit, he was a bit knackered. Like he had a lot of, he had enough of this mosquito flying around him. Very, very <laughs> active, uh, looking to get into the box. He let off one shot with his left foot, which was kind of close. It just hit the wrong side of the box, wrong side of the post, rather. But he's exciting, man. He, he's been, he's been uh, scoring a lot of goals in the youth teams and that. Um, but my mention is Tyler Morton, who came on. At forty-five minutes for Naby. Whoa, whoa, you... whoa, whoa, Ellis, Ellis, we'll come to that, my brother. Well, up there, yeah, okay. This guy Russian. Nah, he's trying to host the show. Ellis is trying to host the show himself here. What's going on? I had no idea that your first name was Vladimir because you are a Russian. You are a Russian. But yeah, those those two, those two really um they don't okay. They don't okay. Obviously, we're not gonna see them. Do you think they could feature in um in our in our um the rest of our campaign at all? Yeah, that was my next one. I I don't think Connor Bradley will. Um Kay Gordon maybe, maybe, but um fourth round, fourth round league cup. Yeah, but he'd probably come off the bench. You reckon? Yeah, probably come off the bench. It depends who you play, though. If we play a lower league team, I think he will start. If we play okay. a, a a better team, I think he will probably come off the bench. But I think he has enough about him to be in and around the squad because he doesn't look, even though he's a bit um, on the smaller side. But he he's got he's got a bit of a bit of bite about him. Do you know what I'm saying? Like he doesn't want to get bullied. He wants to be in and around. So I think. Yeah, he will be around. But Conor Bradley, he still has a few things to work on. But cool. like I said, they're, they're okay. I I will come back to you about about um Tyler Morton, but I did I, I want to get into the actual the game itself. Um, it looked like we were in 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 control for for the majority of the game. It looked like we were. It was one of those games. I feel like whenever Gomez plays, and I do really like Gomez. I just feel like whenever Gomez plays, 
he likes to test himself like physically. He like he likes to go for a sprint sometimes. Likes to leave a bit of space in behind and not necessarily play the offside so well. And he likes to give himself a bit of a reminder as to why, um, as to why he is as good as he is. Um, captain in the side as well, so that was good to see. But Minamino, um, he makes it one day within four minutes, so it make, makes our life so much easier. Um, Origi then does the exact same thing on um in in the second half, and obviously Minamino gets his his nice little um delicate finish to make it three 0 Peter, how do you think both Minamino and Origi did? The commentators gave Minamino man of the match. Do you think that was that was fitting as well? Yeah, no, I, 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 that was fitting. That was very. I think he was probably the best player in the park. Um, I think Origi doing well in the middle. Like I've always said, I've, I've like, I preferred Origi in the middle because there he's able to just kind of um, use his physical profile. Um, you know what I'm saying? Hold off centre backs. I'm going to either foot. And do you know what Origi? Yeah. So he likes left-hand side, but he shouldn't start there. He should drift there, you know what I'm saying? So, like, when, when we have attacks, he should be able to kind of drift off that side and come into it. But when he starts there, it's a problem because then he's going to run into two um, players. They might double-team on him, some, whatever, pause. They might, you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, so <laughs> he, he, he needs to kind of... Um, so playing in the middle, I think, suits him more. And today he was actually pressing a lot, so... Even the season, I think that's been a feature of his games. We're pressing a bit more. He's played with a lot more intensity. So, yeah, big up to him. He's doing well. And Minamino was was really good today. I think Minamino, he was pressing really, really well. Like, he's pressing like... You see how our, our first team is pressed? Like, there's a difference. I think you can always kind of tell the difference between when we have our first team out. The way Sela and Mane press, they have this way of pressing where they can show you to a side they want you to kind of pass the ball on. They can press you. Like, you know what I'm saying? They have, like, this... It's a coordinated press, and I think Minamino, he was pressing really well today. He was reliable on the ball. He took his goals really, really well. I think even for the second goal, he was really patient because he knew that there was defenders waiting to kind of dive in. So he kind of waits for the last minute and then pokes it in. And then with the Minamino point, like, he was so reliable on the ball that Klopp even changed positions. Like, obviously, there was a certain guy who was playing in midfield who was so unreliable Klopp had to change. <laughs> had to change his position and play him in the forward line. So what I'm trying to get at is that Ox um, in the midfield. I don't think he was helping the right hand side. So Bradley and Kate Gordon as much as he could. So in the second half, Minamino went to kind of right centre mid and Ox went to left left wing. So I think it just shows how much how well Minamino was playing to the fact that he kind of um, put him with the youngers and he kind of settled that right hand side down. And he got another goal from there. So, yeah, no, nah, I think Minamino needed a big performance today. And, yeah, he delivered. So, big up to him, man. Yeah, that, that was that was very good to see. Um, Origi as well. Just your point on Origi. I think he's one of the few players where... Not one of the few players, but... Actually, no, I will I'll stick with that, that start, that sentence. One of the few players where you could see so clearly within a game how much confidence is such a massive boost for him. Like he's like the moment he gets his goal, you see his, his smile. You see, you see him like everything starts to come off. The fans are singing his name. Like he's loved by the by the LFC fans, rightly so, in my opinion. Um, but when he plays well, he can actually show you that he's actually a very competent striker. Like genuinely, it's just that we just don't see that effort level. We just don't see the um that that quality enough. Um, but yeah, I I, I like the way you. You broke that down, Peter. I, I thank you very much for that. Um, Mike, I want to chat to you about um, 
a certain a certain uh, future husband of a little mix um singer mr mr o- mr alex oxley chamberlain um roller coaster of a time here at here at liverpool <laughs> peter's doing the drewski gun meme <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> my girl is to bed right now, so don't lie, <laughs> don't lie. <laughs> How do you think? Um, before we get to the, the midfield, because I will leave that to you, Ellis, that question. But how do you think Oxley Chamberlain did today, Michael? Michael, not Mike. <laughs> it's, I know it's a serious <laughs> question because he called me Michael. No, no, listen, if you listen to Coppin long enough, you, you'll know that I'm a I'm one of Oxley's probably biggest supporters amongst the cast. But I have to say today, I thought he was really poor. I thought in the first half, he gave away possession a few times. I don't think he affected the game in any kind of noticeable way, positively anyway. I don't think he was that good in the first half. So, yeah, it was a bit... I mean, it was it's disappointing because Ox, for me, is someone that we hope, if he gets a run of games, will score goals for us. And especially from midfield, he's kind of offers something that the rest of them don't. He kind of offers that drive midfield. He's, he's very direct and he's purposeful. When he's at his best, but I thought, yeah, it was a really poor cameo. I thought in the second half he did it a lot better as part of the front three, and he gets the um, assist for Minamino's goal, which was which was nice. But yeah, and overall, I, I think of, of all the players that are kind of on the fringe of the first teams, I'm thinking of like Origi, who's obviously kind of like on the fringes of things, and, and Minamino. Chamberlain's kind of the other one, really, Navigator Jones. Of that kind of group of players, I thought he was the, the kind of worst performer, if you like. Um, and someone, I, but Ox, Ox at the end of the day, like to kind of provide my Oxley chamberlain kind of defence here. He's a rhythm player and he is sort of played at Thrives and playing, you know, one, two, three, four, five games in a row. Obviously, we can't we can't give him that at the moment because we have other midfielders who are better than him, who are playing better than him and who just offer kind of more quality and, and kind of more of what club wants. But I always say that when Oxley chamberlain gets running games in his team, he will do well. And like, he is someone I still think we can trust. But yeah, today's cameo definitely wasn't wasn't a good one. Appreciate the the honesty there, but uh, Ellis, I'll go to you in terms of more on the entire midfield. So the first half we saw a midfield of Curtis Jones, Naby Keita, and Oxley Chamberlain. And as um, Peter was describing on in the, in the chat, it was difficult to see he was playing in the six. Uh, from one point we thought it was Naby, and then later later on we discovered it would be Curtis Jones. It was a bit it was it was, it was a bit of a weird one. Um, but yeah, so in comparison, so how do you think that three did in comparison to? The second three, where we saw um, another another debut to uh, one of the young uh, redmen that we have um, called Tyler, Tyler Morton, as his name that's completely removed itself from my head. Um, so, and and of course, we saw Naby go off, and he, he looked like he was comfortable. Um, what did you make of him, and what did you make of that midfield trio in comparison to what we saw in the first half? Um, okay, for the first half, I didn't. I thought Jones played well. I thought Jones looked like the mature head out of all three of them, which was mad to not even think. Um, I thought he he looked like he was doing a role of a midfielder. I thought Naby just couldn't be bothered. I thought Naby thought, <laughs> oh, I lie, man. Man's got me working on Big a Wednesday. Facts. Big facts. You know what I'm saying? I'm working on a Wednesday. Like, it's a Tuesday, first of all. And, <laughs> and, 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 second, and, and second of all, I can't lie, that journey, that journey from Carroll Road to Anfield must be a mazzoline. Long, see, oh, the gaffer's taking, bruv. Oh, you know what? Ellis, sorry to um, bite him, but obviously, Klopp's come out and said that Kate came off because he kicked the grass. I know Kate just said to him, like, yeah, like, 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 like
What does that mean? What does that mean if I kick the grass? That's trying to say he stubbed his toe. That's a lie. <laughs> Allow it, bro. Like, bro. Why does, why does Trump like, give, 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 like, give our rivals so much, like, so I'm much level. ammunition? Why? Anyway. Anyway, I was going to that first half. I just thought he wasn't really doing much. He wasn't dominating the game. He wasn't dominating the ball. He was running around. He just didn't. He just didn't look really engaged, and I think that's why Klopp took him off. Klopp was very upset. Um, yeah. So out of out of the three, for me at, at, at the beginning, it looked like I was playing a four-two-three-one. Um, I thought Ox was trying to support uh, Divock, um, but the thing is, like you, like Peter was alluding to on that right hand side, I thought Ox will come and, and support that right hand side, but he again another headless chicken performance from him. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it was both of them were just really annoying me. It was really, really annoying because you want them to to dominate the ball and show that they're better than everyone on the pitch. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, I remember when we played, who do we play? Like Lincoln for 45 minutes. Uh, Van Dyke just looked like he was he was like Zeus amongst all these mere demigods. Do you know what I'm saying? And this is what you want from your from your better players, and they weren't giving me that vibe, man. It wasn't giving me it wasn't giving me that vibe. You know what I'm saying? Um, but then Tyler Moore comes on. I don't know how old he is, but my man just starts bossing it. Everything was just crisp. Everything was just simple. And what I do like about him, he like dives into tackles. He was proper on like getting to those challenges. He, he wasn't really scared of anyone, anyone. So it was like the performances from the first and second half from the midfield was chalk and cheese. Um, Jones was very active. Tyler was just sitting there looking to get the ball, keep it moving take out a danger, um, fizz it into the forwards as quick as possible. Uh, he's got, he looks like he's a big, big, uh, big future. He's got a big future, sorry. I was speaking to David on Twitter and he said that that role is not even his normal role. He's a box-to-box oh, goal-scoring. Yeah, is that, do you know what I'm saying? He's a box-to-box goal-scoring midfielder. So to be that comfortable and even for Klopp to bring you on and give you 45 minutes, that means he sees something and he trusts you and he, he duly paid off that, um, that trust because... I think as he's come on and he's controlled it, Liverpool just became in control of the game. Um, didn't really hear much of um, Gilmore. Gilmore was like getting to the game in the first half. Second half, he was non-existent because we just controlled the whole midfield. So, yeah. Um, I say that to say this. I need more from that. the players on the fringes, like Pierre says. Oh, no, sorry. Like Mike said, I need, play- I need more from them to show that, all right, when Hendo was tired or when... And uh, what's his name? Thiago is not playing. Can you step in and can you be the guy? Because today I didn't really see. It wasn't wasn't really exciting. But we'll see, man. Hopefully, Naby was just didn't want to didn't want to play today, in it. But hopefully, come weekend or whenever he's up for it. Yeah, hopefully so. Uh, Mike, you mentioned earlier about how we have five very competent, slash good, slash world class centre backs. Um, Four of them you'll be very, very comfortable with. We did see two of that four play together for the very first time um, in in um, in in Red. We saw Ibrahim Mokonate and Joe Gomez playing together. What did you make of that of that pairing? Do you feel like they complemented each other? Do you feel like there, that is a there's a future there? Um, do you feel do you, and or or, or better? How do you think Kanate uh, continued um, his his start in in LFC Red? Yeah, I thought Kamato was really impressive today. Like there were times when Norwich, I think, tried to adopt a high press. So he really tried to press us in that first phase of the build-up play. 
And that's when Kanati would get on the ball and, and he was quite calm. You just like brush aside whoever was pressing him, maybe you step across and just play, play his pass. So really, really impressive. And again, like you can just see what he's going to offer us. Like physically, he just looks like a, a monster, really. He's six foot four. He's massive. Um, you look at the kind of like him in the air as well. So I think there's a few times when he makes connection with Shimikas's corners and like you just see how high he jumps. Like he just, yeah. So he's, he's going to be really, really impressive for us. So Gomez, I thought, struggled a bit more than Kanate did, but that's understandable because Gomez has been, been kind of been out for what 10 months was it? I think it was. And he's just kind of getting back to full speed. So I expect Gomez, he probably needs a bit more time to kind of get back up to his, his peak physical condition. But yeah, he looks. Again, it's not of all the, of the combinations that we can have with those four centre backs, kind of Matip, um, Van Dyke, Kanati, and Gomez. That's the one I would like to see the, late, the least. Okay. I mean, I, I, listen, if, if you told me that like they had to start like a, a game against like Arsenal or, or whoever it would be, like I, I think we'll still win, but like it's a combination I'd like to see the least because they are both inexperienced and they do both make some mistakes, kind of positionally and kind of you know maybe, maybe being a bit too rash when engaging, but. Yeah, decent performance from, from both of them, especially Kanata, who's someone I think is really going to grow into a, a, a really impressive centre-back. Go on, Peter. Yeah, so I, my, I completely agree with Mike there. I have to echo his point. And <clears throat> the reason why I wouldn't want to see them together is because they're both front-foot centre-backs. So when they're front-foot centre-backs, they want to kind of engage, they want to win the ball um, straight away. And my, me personally, the way I like centre-backs, that a partnership, I would want one front-foot defender and one sweeper. So one person who wants to go out and win the ball and there's someone who wants to come round and sweep after, if they, they miss the ball, just in case they can tidy up. But yeah, where you have two front-foot centre-backs, they both want to engage and that can leave space in behind that we've seen. So well, obviously, when you have man like Matip, you have obviously two excellent defenders, but both of them are kind of sweepers in a way. So, you know what I'm saying? So the combination should be with one... Either Matip or Van or, or Van or Van Dyke. That's how I like to think of it. So kind of like someone once said this to me, it's kind of like a cat and a dog. So that that's that's how the um like kind of it works, you know what I'm saying? So you want someone who can engage and someone who can speak. Cool. I I was actually gonna say something fairly similar. So yeah, def- definitely agree there. Let me ask you guys a question actually. Um I'll I'll say a statement and please speak up if you disagree. Van Dyke and Matip are our best centre half pairing. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. 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 Cool. yeah. Right. I, 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 I was I was interested to see if anyone thought otherwise. Um, but I think I, what I would say though is I think Kanate of all the, of the centre backs like of Gomez and and Kanate of the two that kind of just below Van Dyke and Matip. I think Kanati has a big, the better chance of kind of becoming the Matip to, to Van Dyke, if you like, the kind of becoming Van Dyke's partner, because I do think he offers that threat in both boxes in terms of defending set pieces and also attacking set pieces. He's probably looks, he looks physically a lot stronger and quicker than, than Gomez as well. And, and Gomez is very quick and strong himself. So, yeah, if I was to pick one of those two, I think could step into for Matip in the future, as things stand, given that Gomez is coming off that injury as well, like Kanati doesn't like the one who could. Yeah, and so just to add to that, Mike, um, I think last season or whatever, a lot of people were saying that um, Gomez is the future partner of Van Dijk, and I still believe there was Matip was probably his best partner, and nobody could really mm. tell because when you look at Matip and you look at when he comes in the security that he brings, him and Van Dijk is second to none. Um, 
not too sure. I see many, many better defenders than Matip in the league. It's very hard. Like it's very hard to say any names to me. Um, certain man in the West London that support the blue team of West London tried to tell me Rudiger and that. Never, <laughs> never, never. never. <laughs> Wait, who is that guy? First of all, <laughs> like oh, I don't never. Even get it. Chris Jensen really like nah, bro. Like man, I'm paying him back. Never. Chris Jensen. I don't even, like you're paying him back. Please, <laughs> one like come Never. on, man. come on. Let them play in the back two. Let's see what they're about in the back two, please. No, no, no. I can't, I can't, I can't even lie to you. Willie Bowley looks alright in the back three still. Connor Cody looking like Connor Cody's doing the back three as well, bro. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what matter, but anyway, anyway, you know what I'm saying. But yeah, I can't believe those two are impeccable. But like like Mike said, I think um, uh, Konate is the new Matip when Matip does eventually step down um, because of obviously his physical attributes and also the way he fizzes the ball into midfield as well, which is something very Matip-esque as well. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited for the future, man. I'm excited for the future. Yeah, I think I think we are for something that's such a massive weakness last season. It looks like it's com- it's completely role reversal for this year. I like the Arsenal we have at, at centre half. Um, also, just want to touch on something you said, Mike, because I did notice it as well. The leap on on Kanate is very impressive. That's something that Gomez is. That's that's the one thing I um it's, that's it's, the one thing I really wanted Gomez to to develop on is his is his heading ability and 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 also he's um it's how he anticipates. Headers like you never see Van Dyke miss a header. You you rarely yeah. you rarely to never see Matip miss a header. Also, yeah, I think that's the one thing. Go like that's the one kind of outstanding weakness in Gomez's game. I think when you look at even look at Phillips for example, how good he is in the air. Yeah, yeah. Of all the five centre backs we have at the club, he's by far and away the worst in the air. Like in terms of in both boxes, by the way. Like yeah. I've, I don't think I've ever seen Gomez attack a ball like as we're, when we're attacking nope. the corner and like nope. have a him a pretty boy. That's Bro, why. he's a pretty boy. The skin fade, you know, I've got a sponge curls too. I know it takes, you know, you want to maintain them look good. I understand, bro. You put your head in there, man. What's going on? Put your head in there, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Agreed, agreed, agreed. Oh, honestly. Um, and yeah, I just, I, I'm just, I'm just going to finish up with this last question. But Pete, I'm going to ask you. So guys, but uh, Mike and I, feel free to chip in after. Pete, I'm going to ask you, only because you couldn't eat as as this game was going on. So, so so clearly this game meant something to you, right? So I do want to ask you, is it is it about time that um this Liverpool team made a run in the League Cup? Uh is it or is it in vain? Should we set our should we set our focus elsewhere? Yeah, I, I really want us to attack all four fronts, like all four cups. Like I was even I can't lie, when I saw the lineup, I was a bit like ugh, I wanted more of a stronger team just because I just really want to kind of have, have like a good cup run this, this year. I, obviously, I can understand why he doesn't put out a stronger team because obviously you don't want injuries and stuff like that. But like, hopefully, obviously, because we got a few injuries and at the moment as well. So hopefully, if we can get these injuries ironed out, we can play the fringe players and mix it up with the kind of first teamers who can play more games and stuff like that. So, no, I want us to play to play more games. But uh, you know what I'm saying? But Klopp, if, if we're going on previous history, Klopp, yeah, doesn't really give two shits about <laughs> these cups. So. <laughs> that, that, that's you know what I'm saying. That's him. That's the big boss. Like that's that's what that's that's kind of him. So it's not the end of the world if you don't. But I would prefer us to kind of have a good run in the, in the cup. Nah, I want yeah, I want the FA Cup. I'm not, I'm not too big on the um, League Cup, but I believe we should at least have a run in the FA Cup. Uh, last time we got to a final was 2012. 
we got to the semi-final 2013 or 15 or whatever. Um, yeah, it's, it's a bit embarrassing still, man. As big as Liverpool are, they can't really muster up a little young final. Let me like Saturday evening things. Nah, we have to, man. We have to. <laughs> nah, we have nice. to, man. It's, 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 it's heritage. It's, the FA Cup is full yeah, on heritage. It's heritage. heritage. No, but heritage. I think I think you have to with the cups. I think we have been a bit unlucky with the draws we've got. Like we're getting like Arsenal and Chelsea in the fourth round. We're getting like I think we got we have we got United before in the cup. We must, we must have. You've got United in the FA Cup yeah. last year. So we have been a bit unlucky with the draws, but I think listen, like Klopp has shown that he. I mean, he trusts us, he trusts the squad, right? And I think that's something that's going to be important for us. Like. We have to give Minamino and, and, and Regulos the minutes because we're going to need them at some point in the season, especially in in in, all, in January, for example, when when um, Salomani got off to Afcon. We so we need to really trust these players and hope that we're able to get a few kind draws in the League Cup where we use these players. We get to see more, we get to learn more about the younger players as well, which is something you always want to do in these in these games. Like for example, Tyler Morton's come on, played as number six and done really well. Like, it'll be nice to see him play there again against kind of weak opposition and kind of learn more about him and whether he can play that role moving forward. So, yeah, bro, I'm desperate for a good cup run just because, listen, a day out of Wembley, you know, there's nothing better. Like, seeing a team win something at Wembley, it's a nice feeling and City have had that for the last, what, three or four years now with the League Cup and I'd love Liverpool to have a nice day out of Wembley where we can see them lift a nice shiny trophy. Yeah, agreed. My, my thoughts always are, it will also be very, it will be very nice to see us go 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 far in um in a competition. Also, see some of the young boys get get a bit more get get, get a bit more mileage uh, um under their belt as well. Like that, like the likes of a, of a Cade Gorlin or or a Tyler Morton, like the guys that we've been impressed with. I'd, I'd like to see a bit more of that, man. It'll be it'll be good to see. Also, it means that certain members of the squad are kept a little bit happier. So, you know, they actually get a bit more of a um performance in. Like I, I don't want to see Kelleher come off being cold after not playing for three months after. Uh, Allison gets his 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 yearly stomach ache or whatever right, it is. Big save, for him, big, save, big save for him. Well, well done to him. Yeah, yeah, man, yeah, yeah. Facts, yeah, yeah, facts, facts. I, I, I am a big um Kelleher fan. I, I always forget how to pronounce his first name, but I am I am a big Kelleher fan. Um, what was it, Keeve? Something like yeah, that, right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. It, it was, mate. It's weirdly enough. It's this has been. A pretty decent start to the season, guys. Like all, all, all the worrying that we've had, um, almost like all the panicking and all the moaning was just you know over the top, right? Don't you do know? that. Don't do that. Don't don't <laughs> gaslight. The, don't gaslight the fans. I, I, here, right? I'm just drisky yeah. meme. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. But on a more serious note, it does look like we are we are still a fantastic team, and I I think that I think the the last few results, Milan, Palace. <laughs> to show us that even when even when we're, when we're playing well we look fantastic even when we don't play well we still manage to still manage to win three nil somehow um so all credit to the boys mate roll on brentford on the weekend um, listen the Reds have got no money, but they're going to win the league. You know, the Reds have got no money. That is that's my favorite chart, honestly. You guys don't understand? It's hilarious, absolutely hilarious. Uh, but yeah, roll on Brentford, um, up the Reds. Thank you guys for listening. As always, remember to sign up to to um, our Patreon. Uh, that's patreon.com forward slash Coppin Fracker. Follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram, get involved, comment down below, etc. etc. Um, join our Discord as well because we have some live matches on there, similar to how we have on Spaces and Twitter. Um, so yeah, guys, it's it's been an absolute pleasure just to, to to share this last hour and three minutes with you all. God bless and speak to you soon. Peace.
Sports Social Podcast Network.